You are listening to the Crosspoint Fellowship Podcast. This series, called Under Construction, takes a look at how the Holy Spirit wants to rebuild lives. Okay, confession time, confession time. I think we're going to, I think, I think this will be safe. So, confession time. Uh, who, who, who has ever made, who has ever made a, a, really really bad decision who's ever made a really bad decision <laughs> scott's like me <laughs> and so there's those of you that that admit you've made a bad decision and there's those of you that lie about making a bad decision um so we've all been there we've we've all made bad decisions and we all kind of look back on some of the decisions we made um you know, over the past few weeks, several weeks, I've asked for you to, to kind of chime in on some different topics. I won't ask you to chime in because I really hate for you to go, yeah, I'm sitting next to them. But and, and like, this isn't, this, isn't, this, isn't a marriage, this isn't a marriage series, so we'll save that for the marriage series. Uh, but um, we, um, uh, we all make bad decisions. I'm not going to ask for you know, testimony there necessarily. Uh, I'll, I'll just share one of mine. You know, when we moved to Texas the first time for seminary and um, uh, uh, moved down there. I, I got a part-time job with, with the church, but uh, uh, Nicole uh, had got her accounting degree, so you know, she was you know, going to um, uh, get her PhD, you know, put hubby through seminary. And um, so she finally got a job with UPS and accounting division there, uh, supply chain solutions there. And, and uh, so therefore, you know, the, the what you're supposed to do when you get new money is you're supposed to go out and um, you know uh, purchase a new car, right? And so uh, went out and did that. You know, my wife had gotten a, a, a you know she drove a newer car, and so uh, I had a car that got us, you know, got me there and uh, to seminary and everything, and, and drove just fine. Um, but um, but went out and. Traded that in and got a new car, 100% financing, you know, even on the taxes and blah, 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 blah. You know, smart, wise decisions that, that you know, still kick ourselves today over. And, and we're in this series called, uh, called Under Construction. And, and the, the, as I started uh, uh, studying for this series and, and, and studying about the Holy Spirit and, and what we're doing is, is seeing who the Holy Spirit is. And as, as I started studying for this series, because, because I'm Southern Baptist. We get scared about the Holy Spirit, right? Like crazy things start happening when the Holy Spirit shows up. And those of you that are more Pentecostal in background, like, what's your problem, Willis? You know, like, you know, what's wrong with you? Like, the Holy Spirit's awesome, you know. And so we we come at it from different perspectives and different points of view, and and we get either scared or excited. And and when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we He's God. We know that He's God, and He's a person because we've been told to say that He's a person. But but really, it. it it's more like we talk about him more like you know Yoda and the Force and the, you know may the Force be with you and, and all that stuff and, uh, and, and 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 everything and he's more of like this force that's out there that we don't know what to do with and as I was studying for this series uh, saw why we came up with under construction is because really when we see the Holy Spirit showing up when the God's sending the Holy Spirit. He's there to rebuild lives, and that's what we looked at last week and seeing how, how God wants to rebuild lives from dry bones, the valley of the dry bones, and Ezekiel, and the dry bones, and you know the old spiritual that I'm not going to sing, and, uh, and, 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 and Gabe brought them to life, and there's a whole army, there's a whole army that he brings to life, and that's the church now, that's the foreshadow of the church. 
But how exactly does he want to rebuild our life? And he wants to start with our mind. Because our mind, that's the electric system for us, right? You do not make any decision that hasn't gone through your mind. You make the decision in your mind. No matter how much we want to tell ourselves that oh, it just happened. No, that doesn't just happen. It starts with our mind and we make that decision with our mind. And God wants to rebuild our mind. Just like if we were rebuilding a house, we'd start with the innards. We start with the electrical system, right, Brian? Because if we don't redo the electrical system, bad things can happen. And even if bad things don't happen, it's just not going to run efficiently. And so how does he want to rewire our minds? We're going to be in First uh, Corinthians chapter 2. I'm going to throw the verses up on the screen. You can follow along in the hardbound Bible. You can, we really encourage you to download uh, the Bible app for your tablet or smartphone. We put an event in there every week, and you can take notes straight in the Bible app and, um, uh, and also uh, share on Facebook what God is sharing with you and, and doing in you and doing with your mind and what kind of mind tricks God is doing, doing with you. Uh, I, I encourage you to share that on Facebook and Twitter and, and, and all that so that you're telling people what God is doing with you but the first part we're gonna first uh, Corinthians chapter 2 we're gonna start in verse 6 but 1 through 5 uh, we're gonna read this I believe tomorrow in our reading plan for those of you follow along with the reading plan and, and this is actually 1 through 5 is some of my life verses for preaching and Paul is talking about hey look when I came to you and I preached the gospel to you I didn't do it with these flowery words of wisdom and I didn't make it pretty I just I just wanted to share the simple gospel with you not so that you can control trust and believe in human wisdom, but I really want you to have faith in the power of God. And, the, and, and, and I bring that, I bring that every week. That's what I hope anyway, that you're not having faith in what I say, but you're having faith in the power of God for life. And then he expounds on that, starting in verse 6. So how does God want to rewire and rebuild our brains? Yet. I don't really like that word yet there because it sounds like he's changing subjects. He's not changing subjects. He's going, he's expounding on the, how he wants them to have faith in his power. But when, when they do have faith in his power, they find out that there's wisdom behind that. Yet, when I'm among mature believers, I do speak with words of wisdom but not the kind of wisdom that belongs to this world or to the rulers of this world who are soon forgotten. No, the wisdom we speak of is the mystery of God, his plan that was previously hidden even though he made it for our ultimate glory before the world began. But <clears throat> the rulers of this world have not understood it. If they had, they would not have crucified our glorious Lord. What, this is what the scriptures mean when they say, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Look, <clears throat> God wants to rewire our mind with a greater wisdom. Rewire our mind with a greater wisdom. That say, there is a greater wisdom out there than what we have inherently. 
We looked at John 3, chapter 3 last week when Nicodemus showed up and, 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 and was talking with Jesus. And Jesus was like, hey, look, look, look. What, what, what is born of flesh is flesh and what is born of spirit is the spirit. Look, we are all born with a mind of flesh. Because our parents, Adam and Eve, blew it all for us, right? And so we have a mind that, that, that is, makes decisions based on our flesh, our selfishness, our propensity to sin. That's how we make decisions coming out of the womb. Look, it doesn't matter if you were literally born on the second row of a church. We all have the mind of flesh when we're born. And see, some of you maybe uh, struggle with church and struggle with the whole church thing and you're just kind of coming back in and you're like, see, that, see, you think that you're better and you think you have a greater wisdom and you think that, 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 that. hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Look, anytime we preach, we just take a section of scripture out of 66 books and even out of the writings of Paul and seeing the story of Paul and seeing his writings. See, what he would tell you is that he had a mind of flesh as well. He's talking about those who, who have a, a, a worldly or fleshly mindset and, 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 and up against those who, who, who do have the mind of, of God and the Spirit is rebuilding their mind and the wisdom of God. And, and he would say, hey, look. He said, these people who have a worldly mind, mindset, I know that they have a worldly mindset because they crucified Jesus. Now, who crucified Jesus? Religious people, right? He's saying religious people have a worldly mindset. See, that's why we urge everybody here not to be religious because we're being religious is a worldly mindset. And what Paul would tell you if he was sitting here, because we know this from other writings of Paul, what Paul would tell you is that I had that mindset as well until God knocked me off my donkey and transformed my mind. See, we're not talking about something that we've come across and that we've done. We're talking about something that God has done and switched and flipped a switch inside of us to rebuild our mind. Are you wanting a greater wisdom than the wisdom of, of the flesh? Are you wanting that greater wisdom? It's readily available. Are we wanting that greater wisdom? Hey, look, when I bought that car, I was going off of a mindset of flesh, right? Mindset of our culture that says you get a new job, you get a new car. Go in debt to do it. Are we utilizing a mindset of flesh or a mindset of the spirit? I'm going to throw something out here, and I, uh, maybe some people might be upset at this, but when our school board added days, and then we had that nice boil order, and then we had to come back to school, how did we treat that? My initial is like, really? I mean, I guess boys won't go. But before I said any of that, Nicole was like, you know what? Here's what I've come, come to. There are times in life when authorities say, we need you to do something. So are we going to uphold authority 
Or are we going to try and just stick it to the man just because they're authority? See, what does our culture say? What does our world say? What does our flesh say? Stick it to the man, right? They're authority. Yeah. But what does the Bible say? What does Jesus say about authority? We acting, we making decisions out of a fleshly mind, or are we making decisions out of a mind that is rebirthed by the Spirit? Look, I told you what my gut, my mind would have said. And actually, Facebook lets us see into people's minds, right? Whether we want to or not. What then? What then? Where, where does this wisdom come from? And, you know, those of you like, Sunday school answer. God, thank you. Ding, 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 ding. Let's move past that. Where does this really come from? 1 Corinthians 2.10. But it was to us that God revealed these things by His Spirit. For His Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thoughts except that a person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. We have received God's spirits, not the world's spirit. So we can now know, <clears throat> we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. When we tell you these things... We do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. So he uses an illustration and says, nobody knows our own thoughts except our own spirit. See, nobody can ascribe motives to you. You alone know your motives. Now, we can lie to ourselves about motives, and we can lie to others about our motives. But really, ultimately, at the end of the day, nobody else can ascribe a motive to you. And again, coming back to Facebook, you know, Facebook comments, you know, everybody knows exactly the motive you have for doing something. And what he is saying, what Paul is saying, is using it as, as an illustration. Nobody... Nobody really truly knows the motives of why you do anything. It is only your own spirit, lowercase s, your own spirit, what nobody else can touch that's inside of you that knows the motives of why you do anything. And it uses that to, 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 to put us into the realm as an illustration to show us the realm of God. He said, in the same manner, the spirit, the Holy Spirit, searches into searches into the depths of God's wisdom for the wisdom that you need. So, think of it this way. God has this infinite Rolodex of wisdom. And the Spirit continuously is searching the Rolodex of God's wisdom for what for the card that you need when you need it. And He's shoving that into our minds. For instance... Have you ever been in a sermon, listening to a sermon, mine, another preacher's, whatever, and a thought comes to your mind, not, man, I hope bears is good today, but a real, truly spiritual thought comes into your mind that is similar, but not exactly what that preacher is talking about. 
That's the spirit going into the depths of God's wisdom, taking out a card, shoving it into your mind. And you're going, oh, oh, that's interesting. Note to self, write those things down. Okay? You ever been, I don't know, driving in a car or praying or reading the Bible or taking a shower or you wake up at 2 in the morning and you have this bing thought about God. You're like, I've never thought about this before. Note to self, write that down. That's the Holy Spirit going into the depths of God's wisdom, taking out a Rolodex card and shoving it into your mind. But isn't that cool? Isn't that crazy? That that's what the Spirit is doing? Going into the depths of God's wisdom in order to give you what you need when you need it and placing that into your mind? There came a day after paying for that car, continually paying for that car, that for Nicole and I, we, we had that Rolodex card shoved into our mind about... That was stupid. And then we repented. Repentance simply is confession with action. We didn't just go, oh, I'm sorry, God. We started selling stuff. Repentance with action. We started getting ourselves out of debt. Why? Not because we thought it was a good idea, but God, the Holy Spirit, shoved this Rolodex card into our minds. Maybe he did more than just shove. Maybe it was a two-by-four. Wham! <laughs> Got it. Now we can be hard-headed sometimes, right, Taylor? No? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe I should ask Jimmy about... Right. <laughs> At least you're consistent. The Spirit searches the depths of God's wisdom continuously to give you what you need when you need it when it comes to the wisdom of God. And He shoves it into your mind. Now... He can do that at any time. He can do that when you are in any spiritual condition. However, we all know, we all know, come on, it's church, come on, come on, come on, it's church. We all know that there are times that when we put ourselves in a better position than others to accept the wisdom of God, correct? And we talk about the three tools that God has given us. The Bible, that's His wisdom for all time. We can, we can never doubt that. Now, we may, want, we may want to come against it, but we can never doubt it. There's prayer. This is, this is, this is seeking out the wisdom of God in our day-to-day. -day. You know, the, the, the stuff that is beyond the Bible. The Bible is the foundation, and then we use prayer to, 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 to supplement that in our day-to-day -day because, come on, Every single situation and question isn't necessarily answered point blank in the Bible, correct? In our day-to-day -day life. Now, we see, we see the uh, Bible is completely relevant, completely uh, 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 gleaning for today. However, 
We need that day-to-day, continual from God. That's what prayer is for. That's what also the community is for, the community of believers. This is why you need, you must be in a disciple-making relationship, whether a small group or, or a really small group. Or, you know, and this is nice, but come on. We can't really know people and get into people's lives and help people here, right? This is just to show up and look pretty. Right, Justin? You show up and look pretty here, right? And getting into community and disciple-making relationships with other people so that when we get an epiphany, <laughs> we come and we write it down and we come to, to the community <laughs> and we go, hey, I got this epiphany. And everybody else is like, that was your burrito, man. Like, uh. Or, you know what? There's something there. You may want to. You may want to. You may want to go go there and, and and test that out and see what's going on. But isn't it cool that the Spirit is continually searching the depths of God's wisdom for you and to give you what you need right when you need it? Because what you need is different than what I need right here and right now. And those of you that are, again, non-fans just checking this thing out, I mean, this, this, is what, this is the promise of God. See, we read this before. I didn't really talk about this. We read this before, but, but God doesn't ask you to jump through hoops. God doesn't ask you to rewire your own brain. God doesn't ask you to get it right, then come to Him. This is what God asks of you. No eye has ever seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. Here's what God asks. Love Him. Believe in Him. Have faith in Him. Look, that looks different for different people. You are all in different stages. We talked about this scale. Some of you right now probably are negative scale on believing and loving God. That's okay. I'm just asking you to consider moving up the scale. For those who love Him, He doesn't ask you to jump through hoops. He doesn't ask you to get it straight. He doesn't ask you to read a book. He doesn't ask you to to get it right. He asks you to love Him. Love Him. Trust Him. Seek Him. That's when the Holy Spirit comes on you and starts rebuilding your mind. But why does He give this? He talked a little bit about, about this mystery of God and, 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 how, and how even before the world began, this mystery of God was, was prepared for our own glory. It's interesting, isn't it? That the mystery of God, the mystery of God is, is for our own glory? He's wanting to give us wisdom for our own glory? Glory is simply making the visible, invisible visible. And the mystery of God, Paul talks about this in several different of his letters. The mystery of God is, is, is don't think of it as like, like something that we, have to, we can never find or it's just kind of always out of our reach. The mystery of God is, is the gospel that is Jesus Christ coming to die for us and raise again. And that from the beginning that was, that was covered... And that over the time of history, he has 
peeled back the lid just a little bit and a little bit, and then Jesus came and, you know, the, the lid's off, the can of worms are open, and, and now the mystery of God is revealed for everybody to see, but those who have yet to see it, it's still a mystery to them, correct? And so, <clears throat> if he's given us wisdom, and like kind of why is the, the, our own glory, like, <clears throat> it doesn't just end with our own glory, we know this. God gives us the benefit of knowing God, not for us to end with the benefit of knowing God. 2.14, but people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it, for only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. Those who are spiritual can evaluate all things, but they themselves cannot be evaluated by others. Four. Who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? <clears throat> and and, and the, this translation uses the word evaluate, and other translations use the word judge. I actually like the word evaluate better because of the negative connotation of judging. Because some of you may say, wait a minute, you, he just says that, that the Christians, those with, with, with the mind of the Spirit, are supposed to judge others. But hold on, time out. Didn't Jesus tell us not to judge people? Yes, but aren't there different types of judging? One type of judging is condemning people to hell. There's no hope for you. You cannot overcome. You cannot, uh, you cannot come to know God. You cannot be close to God. There's just no, absolutely no way you can know God. That's the type of judging God or Jesus was saying, do not judge. We all make judgments every day, correct? We evaluate things every day. <clears throat> it's said that we, 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 we have between 3,000 and 5,000 uh, uh, advertisement. We see three to 5,000 different advertisement things during a day. Billboards and postcards and commercials and hearing commercials. All of this. Don't we make a judgment on every one of those? To buy or not to buy? We make an evaluation of every one of those. And so God gives us wisdom, a greater wisdom, from the depths of His wisdom for kingdom decision making. See, when we make decisions as people who are followers of Jesus, when we make decisions based on the Spirit of God, those who do not have the Spirit of God can't really evaluate those decisions. They may want to, and they may say that we're crazy for making that decision. But at the end of the day... They really don't have the ability or the power to evaluate or judge because we're basing this decision off of a decision that is not of this world and to build a kingdom that is not of this world. And so when we're talking about this car and this debt, like the world may think that you're crazy for getting out of debt and, and, and not having the nicest stuff. But when we're doing it for kingdom decision-making, they can say we're crazy. 
They can't really evaluate us. I think he's encouraging the Corinthians, don't pay attention to what they have to say. Look, they don't have the Spirit yet. But at the same time, those of you that are Don fans, you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Does that mean that you can treat others poorly because you have this inferior or this superior knowledge? Well, again, we see the span of Paul's life saying, absolutely not. What did Paul do with his newfound wisdom that came from God? He served other people with that wisdom. He went to them and risked everything risked his entire life and he ultimately died because of it he risked everything for the sake of those who do not know Christ and did not know the wisdom of Christ and did not know the spirit that the spirit was even available he served those with the wisdom that God gave him and he simplified the message for those who do not under did not understand the message and he gave his body for those who didn't have the Spirit. So for us to act like we're superior because we have a greater wisdom is not following the Bible. Period. You're acting like the world. Kingdom decision-making means we are serving people with the wisdom that God has given us. So will we serve people with the wisdom that God has given us? Will we make decisions based on our flesh or based on kingdom decision-making, based on the spirit decision-making? Now look, God is patient. He knows we're human. He knows we ain't going to get it all right all the time. So he just continues to grow us. That's why one of our values is progress. Just keep progressing. Just keep progressing. Keep seeking God and He'll make sure He gives you what you need when you need it. Because what's His ultimate goal for every one of us? But we understand these things for we have the mind of Christ. His ultimate goal for every single one of us is to give us the mind of Christ. Even those of you that are just still kicking the tires to this Jesus thing, He wants to give you the mind of Christ. That's what He wants to do. And this is amazing, right? We can blow every decision we've ever made. And He still comes to us and says, I want to rebuild your mind. I want to rebuild your mind. I want to give you a completely different look at making decisions. So for some of you, you know, your leaders, your business leaders, or you're you know, making your own businesses or starting your own businesses or thinking about it. And is this and what you do in leadership and business to build the kingdom? See, I, I, I write two different blogs. One for Crosspoint based on our reading plan to, to again, uh, trying to serve people with what God says. But also my own because I feel burdened towards 
Christian leadership. Like, I hear stories of non-Christians going, yeah, I'd never be a Christian because my, my Christian boss is a fruit loop. I know enough about the Bible to know that they ain't acting like it. To write a blog, it's the same exact passages, but from a leadership perspective, to try and hopefully transform the minds of leaders who, who, who are followers of Christ to think in a kingdom mindset and lead in a kingdom mindset and, and build businesses from a kingdom mindset. But some of you, God is going to end up shifting your focus and you're going to start like nonprofits one day to benefit the kingdom. You might give up a good paying job to come on staff at, at Crosspoint to build the kingdom. People would think you're crazy. But it's the most wise thing you can do because you are doing it because the Spirit has put it into your mind. Now with this whole conversation with wisdom and faith, often we see them sometimes as polar opposites. Wisdom means we take no risks and we do nothing that's crazy. And then faith is seen as betting the farm and doing crazy things because we have faith. And James, uh, actually the <clears throat> half-brother of Jesus, wrote in James chapter 1, he said, you know, those of you that lack wisdom, ask God for it, and then by faith, live that out. And then he says, do not waver. Basically, he's saying, do not be double-minded. When God has spoken in wisdom, have faith to walk that direction and don't look back. So the whole wisdom and faith continuum is this. We seek God for wisdom. We seek God for a plan. And faith says, okay, God, I will work this plan you've given. Okay, God, I'll do it. People will think I'm crazy. But one step at a time, I will do it. That's faith in God's wisdom. So for you, individually and as a family, when God starts revealing His wisdom about a particular thing, faith is saying, okay, I'll do that. Coming around, talking to the community, continuing to pray. Faith isn't betting the farm and quitting your job immediately. It's not faith. It's lunacy. But faith is walking in that direction. And moonlighting as, 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 as God is leading you. Starting small. Talk about the parable of the mustard seed and, 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 and yeast and this fall and letting God start small and building that. But as a congregation as well, as Cross Point Fellowship as well, this principle applies just the same. As we look into a new chapter of Crosspoint, 
We look and it's, it's scary to expand. It's scary to get bigger because what if it doesn't work, correct? Well, wisdom is we're going to God and we're getting a plan. Faith is, God, we will work this plan. So I believe God's given us a DNA that we're supposed to live out. Stream non-fans to God. That's why we are here. He's given us values to live out. Connect people to people and people to God. Commit to God and to people. Progress in our daily relationship with Christ and progress, do what we can to progress this church, this local community of believers and team that we are in this together. We will bond together and work together to make Crosspoint the best she can be. We have an opportunity to live out these, this DNA and these values. And the plan is this. If we can do these four things, it'll work. One, talked about this for a couple of weeks. One, if we're in this together, we tithe together. Again, $30 an adult per week. At any given point in time, at any given size, well, let us continue to function and move the mission forward. Two, Mission 2014. Those of you that make commitments, continue to, to, to make that commitment. We've, we've seen $12,000 come in ready to, to build and build out because of that. I'm hoping, I was expecting it Friday, hopefully, I plan on getting it tomorrow, a quote for build out to see how much that is for three or four bays. Mission 2014 is designed to have money to expand mission through building. Building mission through building. And if you weren't around last December to, 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 to pledge with us, but you would like to, we invite you to so that we can have build-out money and safety net money. Three, we commit together to fill whatever size building we are in. We're inviting people, especially non-fans, de-church, those that aren't a part of church. We fill whatever size building that we're in. And we work to, 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 to make sure when non-fans come, we're ready. We're serving them. Four, this is the hardest. And this, quite frankly, is why, you know, this one is why the elders, it's nervous, nerve-wracking. Legally, the elders will be on the take for any lease that we would sign. Last team member meeting, we talked amongst the, the other team members, and, and the feeling that I got from them and hearing them was, we'll take that risk with you. I'm in this. I'm in this. That if we bond together as a team to take the risk together, 
of the additional lease, the risk for each individual person and each individual family, what? Goes down. And if we give it our best shot, and God has different plans for Crosspoint, and God's plan for Crosspoint was, was for five, six, seven years, and then to move on, we gave it our best shot. And that wasn't what God had for a long-term ministry in Crosspoint. But we commit together to take care of the lease. But you know what? If we do the first three, that fourth one isn't going to matter. If we fill a building, the fourth one's not going to matter. If we bond together to give, to have a place that non-fans can stream to God through, the fourth one's not going to matter. That'll be a distant, mis- mi- uh, distant memory that we ever committed to that. That's the plan. If we work that, we'll see God move us. If we don't, we choose to stay here, we will cease to be. Maybe we'll meet, but we'll be just a shell of the mission that God has for us. Is it crazy? Is it risk? Yeah. Not as much as going out and getting a loan, is it? Building our own building. That's what we're talking about. I know as an elder, I know other elders would appreciate if you're ready to commit to those four things, don't sign a card or anything. Just go up to one of us and say, I'm ready. Ones that are here this morning, myself, Jared, Steve, back in the back. Are you ready together to build this thing? Because that's what it's going to take. That's what it's going to take to do it together. For those of you that are non-fans, again, just check, kicking the tires, this, this, this isn't for you because we do this for you to find God. And we are looking to expand so that you and your buddies can find God. So you just got to be a part of a little bit of in-house talk there to see that we want you to connect with God. That's where we're at. That's where we're at. So, as the band plays, if you have something that God is, is, is working on your heart and preparing your heart for, um, and need to talk through that and pray through that. Shelly and I will be in the back. If, if you're tired of the mind of flesh and want the mind of Christ, 
Um, we'd love to talk to you about that. But as the band plays, be praying through what God is, 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 is doing with your mind. And most importantly, worship the one who rebuilds your mind. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this time. It is a um, key time, a core time here at Crosspoint. Um, we need your wisdom, we need your courage, we need your boldness. We need your strength. We need you to move us, move in us. We need you to um, take us to areas that we've never seen. We need you to, to let us know it's all right to be uncomfortable. It's all right to not have the full picture. It's all right to rely on you. It's all right to come to you and say, if you don't work, it's not going to work. That you want us to be in a spot that every single day we are coming to you for your mind that we don't know what to do. That we don't know where to go. That we don't know where to turn. But you do. Lord, we just... Thank you for transforming our mind. We thank you for not caring that we've jacked our own mind up. We thank you that you have died to heal and restore our mind and rebuild it into your mind. Help us today. Help us tomorrow. Help us the next day to live out your mind. In your name we pray. Amen. You have listened to the Crosspoint Fellowship Podcast. Please find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash my crosspoint.